0: Okay, so hello everyone, we're back again, and it's Anne and Chris, and we're talking to John Stanley from uh, Australia, and we're talking to Sid Raish, who is from America. Sid is a director of um, American Hort and with connections to the Garden Center Group, and John is a consultant who flies around the world, Sid drives around America. (laughs) And um, we're going to ask them some interesting questions on garden centres. So, without further ado, Anne's got this tantalising question for both of them.
1: If I were to open a garden centre today, what would be your uh, recommendation and uh, your Ideas in terms of what the trends are right now for independent garden centers Where it's going is this a good idea is it a bad idea? What would you include? What would you not include because typically an independent garden center has a little bit of everything Um, The focus is plant material and Then they'll have probably landscaping services and perhaps some add-ons of pottery and such and maybe some pharmaceuticals, plant pharmaceuticals, but is the traditional way the way to go? What do you see happening? What's the growing trend in independent garden centers? That's a long question.
2: <laughs> it is. Can we break that into two yeah, questions? You can, you can do, yeah, you can. you can. the first part, and I'll, I'll, there's one word answer. Don't. Don't. Don't, uh, don't open or start a garden center. A garden center is not what you want to do for the future. You want to create a... Retail experience for the consumer that is built around the garden, but is not a place to go for everything that you could want related to the garden. Uh, the The big picture is that we want people to come to experience the garden in a different way than what we're used to seeing. And a, a good way to think of that, I wrote down the word "accessible." Accessible. You know, the garden should be perhaps the most accessible thing to us in our lives it really should it's around us you know it's out there all we have to do is go out and and get involved in it
1: and when you say the garden you mean
2: the room outside
1: you can mean your lawn you can mean your vegetable garden you can mean your flower garden you mean whatever's growing pretty
2: much. Wherever plants can be experienced. And it could be indoors too. There is an indoor gardening, there are house plants and those types of things that you can be involved with. And you know it's as easy as getting one. Reach out and touch it. Walk outside the door and even if it's a weed, a mm-hmm. dandelion is food.
3: Can Correct. I just follow this through that Anna Ball, who is one of the gurus of the industry and Anna now is a um, uh, rather Uh, experienced and had a lot of years in the industry and she at a conference two years ago said a garden center is as confusing to a millennial as Best Buy is to my grandmother so just to follow that through we have set up garden centers to confuse the consumer of today we put too much stuff in there and I'm with Sid They look more like a supermarket than an enjoyable experience, or a lot of them.
2: Yeah, the garden center was sort of an accidental success in a way. It was a result and a byproduct of the population boom, of the baby boomers. So we had millions of homes built all across America, suburbia popped up, and what happened? Well, we needed lawns and trees and shrubs and things to basically create uh, something other than just dirt. So that's where the that whole concept really arose out of. And uh, it's not that it's a bad thing, but the the fact is that actually a relatively low percentage of baby boomers ever did anything with gardening. We missed the majority, actually. So when we look forward, let's be inclusive. Let's include everyone. This is an accessible thing. Um, It's free to most people, and it's just a matter of desire. And it's also inexpensive if you do buy something mean, in comparison to other things that we do, the cost of a hamburger at a fast food joint is much more expensive than the cost of a plant at a, wherever you can buy it. So it's quite a bit different than um, in the future, I think. If we look at it in terms of this is just part of who people are. There's a people-plant connection that's natural and built in. We're born this way. There's not a person on earth living or breathing that doesn't have some degree of spring fever when spring rolls around. You know, We feel fall in the air. This is all part of the experience of nature and plants. So it's part of us and it's accessible to everyone. How can we make that available to everybody? How can we enable them
3: uh, through that? Can we put this in perspective that the four of us are going out for a meal tonight we will sp- spend more money tonight than the average American spends on their garden in a year. And we're not going for an expensive meal. No. That puts it in perspective. It so, does. although we're putting all this desire stuff together, let's put it in financial perspective. But, we'll spend more at a restaurant tonight.
0: So, so, that leads me to another interesting question. And, and it goes back to the um, eating vegetables at the right times of the year and and if you think about it we've got a completely clear sky tonight so we're getting lots of vitamin d which we wouldn't be getting in our box indoors or in our box in our air conditioned car or our box in the uh, big box that we wander around and so it's more than just an experience of gardening it's actually a healthy pursuit of of how we should be living and so what we're really saying is that you're ch- you want to change back to a healthy living experience which yes. would include food so we've got to include we, we our very first interview was with a lady who um, grows hundreds of uh, vegetables within in amongst her, her landscape here in town and it was exquisite wasn't it? It was.
1: it was lovely mm-hmm.
0: and i think that somehow we have to educate people in that way and that may be what the garden center needs to do it needs to lay out a trail around itself gives people that experience and shows them that it's easy to do.
3: I think one of the problems is we've got to talk the language of the consumer. I saw myself went to a garden centre this afternoon and I said to see C- what's that? Because it was a growing media and on big print it said acidified. Now I have no idea what that means and I'm a horticulturalist. Quite. So what does my 35 year old consumer think that is? So education is about solutions ideas and inspiration not technical language.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, people have a natural curiosity. We all do. And they have a natural curiosity about plants just the same as they do about technology. You know how easy it is for a kid to get turned on by a computer or a video game? Well, they will get turned on about plants and outdoor experiences just as easily if we don't make it seem so difficult. You know, when we introduce complicated words and and, uh, processes and make them try and figure out what acidified means. Do you remember
0: um, Peggy and... um
1: Oh yeah, that's exactly what and, I just and, thought of. It... And the
0: kids just went wild over the radishes. It was, but the problem w- that they were having was that the growing season for them was, and they were in Tennessee, was from January to May, and then the, the schools broke up. So there's a huge void of stuff that they're going to forget. And w- what we have to try and do then is find a way of continuing that all year round.
3: I agree in some ways and disagree with others. We all know what the weather can be like in this part of the world in January and February. Oh yes. So when you say all the year round, I'd rather we did a brilliant job from spring through summer fall to inspire the consumer. And yes when we go into Christmas. I think, yeah, you know, as an industry we, we're not providing or should provide an all year round experience because I don't think that consumer wants it in January I, should, I don't know if Cedar agrees with me. But
0: with if you're one. in the Caribbean
3: you could do it. Oh yeah, if I was in the Caribbean, I'd, yeah. That's a different experience. I,
2: I agree it's a natural process. People in the spring they naturally want to get outdoors yeah. and do things so that's the natural time to introduce them and, and just make it accessible and available and welcoming and help, help them to understand it's more than just plants it's more than just flowers, it's more than just vegetables, it's a, it's a total mind-body-environmental experience. And where I would maybe say, okay John, how about we adjust it this way? Accessibility is everything. Where do we spend the most of our time? We spend most of our time at our desk. And that's the first place to put a plant, whether it's in the classroom, or at home, in the home office, or at work in the cubicle. That's where a plant should be. And there's actually research and study, a study that has shown that uh, creativity increases when there's a, a plant in view of the computer screen. So how simple is that to do? It also
0: Therefore. takes the negative ions out of the air. Yep. Yes. For mm-hmm. so yes. sure.
2: So there, there incorporates more of the body. If we're breathing better air, then that's part of why we think better and feel better, right? So where's the next place that we spend most of our time? In, the in our homes, yeah. In the bedroom, so how about a plant there on the nightstand, or a floor plant in the bedroom? Even better. So it's cleaning the air while we while we're not even home, and then when we are there sleeping, we've got we walk into a room that's got real air in it.
1: So would I be correct in thinking that instead of calling it maybe a a garden center, I don't know. It's gonna an ideal thing to do would be to create kind of a blend of what. Food tourism will be offering, and that it's also a place where people can purchase the seeds or the plants yes. to go home and create their own experience. I,
2: I think in terms of what do you call it ants would be a great name.. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, you know, that's,
2: that's what people that's what people will do anyway. We crave right. that personal experience anyway. Yep. and that this is a great thing when we can connect the plant experiences, with the people experiences. Now we've got it together. No matter what you call it, if it's ands something or other, they're gonna shorten it to and. Yeah. If you leave the ands off, you know what they'll call it? They'll call it ands, what's good ands. Yeah. If they know who you are and that you're there. Yeah. Right. So that's what we'll, people will naturally do anyway. Why not just make it simple in the first place? Plus it
3: promotes you know, the localism mm-hmm. and people want to support local businesses, uh, especially you know, the millennials coming into the marketplace now and all the research shows that they're more in tune with local businesses um i'm going to put my aussie hat on at present it's the baby boomers in australia that are supporting the box stores and killing off the local stores the millennials are building the local stores and want to kill off the box stores so we've got this completely different shift in democratic thinking between a younger age group and an older age group <laughs> that's very true.
0: So so in the urban environment, how would that fit in? It would have to be in Main Street here in America or on the high street in, in Europe. So then you'd have to make it into a compact design that was constantly being refed.
3: We're going through the, the biggest revolution since mankind arrived at present, and that's the urbanisation of mankind. Um, we're going through that, we don't know if it's going to work or not, but you know, it's what 75% of people live in an urban environment by 2020 and if we go back 40 years it was 38% or whatever. We're going through this huge revolution and that urban society needs greening, but I'm not going to get in a car and go to the outer suburbs to buy that product. So we have to provide greenery for that urban community and it's probably going to be walking distance or by tram in kansas absolutely
0: love it there's a there's a town in uh, england called todd morden i believe it's called and what they've done is they've taken all their open spaces and every so often they just grow vegetables in them with signs and let people help themselves and i heard recently that los angeles is starting to do the same thing wouldn't that be a great way of getting it out and, and if, if each city did that in their urban spaces, yeah. took a space and started growing food.
3: What you've got to do is go through a culture change. You mentioned Los Angeles and if you go back two or three years ago, you weren't allowed to put vegetables on the verge, it had to be grass and they had a law. They did. They had to change the law um, to get people to be more involved with growing stuff because the laws were wrong in the urban subcommunity. So some of it is a political change.
0: Do you think the will is there to change it?
2: I think the will—the will to change it—is in the people. You know, it's part of the political process, and you know, we've—we've—we're we're now in a culture where people despise politics. True. We, as a society, don't want to be involved, or we're part of the bad guys. <laughs> and that needs to change. Now we're, we're starting to see democracy change, because enabled by the Internet, because the, the, anybody can have a voice today, be- very easily, to be published is just a matter of starting a blog for free on WordPress and start to say what you believe. And like-minded people start to accumulate and gather together, in f- whether it's a Facebook group or by following the same blogger. Um, or however that may happen, it's not the way that it used to be where you had to figure out how to write a letter to the editor of the newspaper and hope that everybody read that. Today, it happens quickly and it happens based on subject matter and topic and it's a matter of passion, people who have a common passion rally together. In those neighborhoods where that law had to be changed, unfortunately, part of the neighborhood, part of those people wanted those laws. And they didn't want those laws to go away because their ideal was that all the lawns are nice and uniform and cookie cutter, and we had little houses made of tiki tacky all lined up all around the country. But the new people that come in and buy, buy the homes um, when others move on or when they pass away, now they have different set of beliefs and ideals about it, and they believe that good, healthy food grown right there where otherwise you're just mowing grass for the purpose of mowing it. It doesn't exist for any other reason other than just so you can mow it, right? How, how smart is that? <laughs> so when these ideals start to shift, then the political balance starts to change. And now when you want to change a law, you, you just have those people speak up,
3: it's changing. It. What was the question that uh, we were asked? <laughs> <laughs> you asked us if we'd open Aww. the garden centre, what would you change? Well, Uh, what would you
1: do if you were going to open a garden, quote, unquote, garden center now? Okay,
3: what I would do is I would reduce the range. There's too much stuff. I would focus on the trend categories and I'd keep it inspirational. I would would add to that, I would would
2: really begin with a collaborative environment, including the, the associates, the staff and the customers, more importantly, the customers, so that they're part of it, so they feel ownership and that they're actually being heard. They're being uh, given a situation where they want to be heard, their their involvement's encouraged, so it's a community. That's a core of the core of any small business, but especially, I think, this garden center that we are talking about, of the future, it's no longer called a garden center. Ouch.
1: I like the community thought of it because you can bring so many aspects into it, Then, I mean, it's not just a place where you show up because it opened at 8 and it closes at 5 and you go in to run in and get what you want and you run out. No, it'd probably be a place where you want to run in and have a cup of coffee with your friends. and Grow
3: some vegetables. Walk
1: around and, yeah, see what's growing. Learn how growing. to cook. Yeah, well, get educated. I yeah. want
3: to take it a bit further. One of my clients is Erwin Meyer in Switzerland and erwin asked his customer base what they what they wanted in the garden center the answer was pole dancing
0: (laughs) not maypole dancing no not maypole
3: dancing you mean the
0: bikini type yes okay
3: and it was interesting that the women were saying we need somewhere safe because it's a health activity and we want a safe space on a, I think it was on a Tuesday evening, to do pole dancing. It's the only garden centre I know where you can buy plants after pole dancing. But <laughs> My goodness. The question is is that the, the, the can you imagine no. that in Kansas? <laughs> that's the well, that's the challenge. If you listen to your, con- your consumer, you may not get the answer you are expecting Right. But it's the answer the community wants. And that's the important message that Irwin's learned from that experience. That's very so, interesting. So they do it? Oh, yeah, they do it every Tuesday. are you going? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> it's just outside of Zurich.
1: Oh, I need but to get that's the important
3: get... issue that we think the answer is going to be, I want to be a better gardener.
1: Right. And
3: it may not be. This was, um, we want a safe place um, for pole dancing. Wow. Now, of course, a lot of business people say, that's not my scene. Another thing they're saying is, that's what my customers and my community want, and I've got the space, we can do that.
0: So really what you're saying there is that um, depending on the demographics of the people, is what they're like to be is like to be different. Yeah. So you've got to then choose the demographics yeah. and grow with them. And and so what's the best demographics to pick in that respect? <laughs>
3: Well, the biggest spender in the garden segment is a 35-year-old woman.
2: Fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. How many children do they have? um,
3: Probably an average of 2.3. Yes, (laughs) and that's the important issue. The children we haven't mentioned. Exactly. uh, Britain and Australia are just about to uh, release garden wheat for children because we have to engage the children and the children will get engaged but we've got to go out as an industry and make it happen
0: so what we're really saying is that the garden centre wants to be tailored to an experience with with um, a female of around about thirty five years old with two children who are going to therefore be what seven and eleven
2: well i would would say that's more of the model of the garden centre today but the, the place we're talking about of the future just pick a place, and whoever lives around it, yeah, that's your best. Exactly, That's, your, yeah. that's yeah. your demographic. It may be quite a bit different. Yeah. And actually, you know, where the garden center is today, do you know what the population around the garden center is? It's not the, the woman. It's the woman and her spouse yeah, and yeah. her kids. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a bit different than who you actually see in the stores. Well, it's the placement of where they are, isn't it, at yeah. the yeah. And, and so do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But the, the men, have, uh, have, have they're not immune to gardening. They're not immune to spring fever. They're not disinterested. It just hasn't been an environment that was created that invited them in and got them to mm-hmm. experience it. Now, uh, a great example of changing this is down in Wichita. There's Johnson's uh, has three three stores, and they're um, they built a component of their business that's supplying people who want to brew beer and wine and who want to grow hops and. Those kind of things, all that are associated to that. And they've developed a clientele for that. So those events draw men more than women, actually. So the solution is simple. You have to go to
0: Sweden and get the Husqvarna automatic mower that's solar-powered and stick it in the garden. And then the men are going to come off their machines that they sit on.
1: To watch the women do the pole dance. Exactly. (laughs) I and spill, I knew where you were going.
0: And,
2: and then have a Starbucks so I can spill coffee on myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Come you out. know, the, 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 I'm glad you brought that up, a key thing here is... Uh, what, the coffee? The garden. The, the, the... <laughs> yeah, the hands the, the place. and doesn't necessarily want to or have to do all of these things uh, at all. But if you're co-located, think of think of the way that a, that a town emerged in the first place. Yeah. You had the baker. hmm the shoe store the candlestick maker and so on the dry cleaner all, all down Main Street or High Street and that's the way we really should think we should co-locate with like minded yeah. people and create this commu- collaborative community
3: and I think we, as an industry we've got to change mindset you know, we'd say wow. as industry people we've got to train people to prune roses the top selling garden book last year was the drunken botanist got it and the top workshop in gardening in australia at present is eat your weeds no one wants to prune roses drunken botanist was the top selling book back to the beer eat your weeds back to food tourism not pruning roses so we've got to have a mindset change within the industry for your gardener center that you're going to develop to the old schools
0: we just did an interview with somebody who wrote eat your roses and Forty-nine yes. other edibles.
3: Yeah, okay. beautiful Same
1: event situation. that they have. That is all around. Yeah, things that they and it's grow. It's a sellout
0: and every every yeah. year in um, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, again, I, you've given us so many things to think about, gentlemen. Um, who'd have thought that when I first asked the question what I should do with a garden center, I would end up with growing you know hops for beer and pole dancing so it's this is good
3: (laughs) i think the interesting thing is you only ask one question (laughs) that's
1: right (laughs) and that it took all this time to answer it and a very good and thorough answer it was thank you for your new and exciting thoughts i mean i'm wondering what i'll see in the future how many different sorts of places will pop up that will have this sort of a
0: well we can revisit them too can't we
1: yes we can
0: I'd like to revisit John with his chestnuts.
1: Oh, I'd like to hot visit chestnuts it all. there not
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, thank you, gentlemen. And again, Sid, uh, if anybody wants to reach out and, and get in touch with you, get some more information about your experience, is there a way that they can do that? Is there an email address or a site that you have? that?
2: Y- you can find me everywhere. Um, okay. <laughs> Facebook, uh, my email address is, is very simple. It's Sid at horticulturaladvantage.com
1: and Sid is S-I-D not S-I-D. C-I-D yes okay and my
2: last name is spelled
3: R-A-I-S-C-H
1: okay and then John go ahead and say your information again too
3: uh yeah uh john at johnstanley.com dot a-u
1: okay and where Chris can folks find us
3: they can
0: find us at growingtrends.org here you go
1: Thank and I'm not so an organist <laughs> You are an organism. Thank you for yes. listening.